What's up, everybody? Welcome to Leaders of Lifestyle, a podcast all about real estate, sports, and entertainment. Take a deep dive with me into the world of high-end lifestyle and get exposed to the different leaders behind the scenes of it all. So let's get right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Leaders of Lifestyle podcast. I'm Michael Ferraro, your host for the day, and we have wonderful, special, super guests Today, we have Aurora Consulting, and that is Linda and Trevor. Uh, Linda and Trevor are going to fill you guys with a ton of information that you need to know uh, to help you personally uh, and your business. But we got to learn a lot about Linda and Trevor first to kind of give you guys some perspective. But how rude of me as a, as a guest host, Linda and Trevor, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for inviting us, Thanks, Mike. Mike. So, see, we're buddies. Now, some of you that are watching this, you'll see beautiful Linda, and you'll see beautiful Trevor. Trevor is downing his uh, his uh, Roxbury gangster hat there <laughs> that he put on just for us. He can also be a gnome with his hat. So it's it's a. Uh, if this thing gets boring, I'm going to take a little nap. That's right, and you could just sleep in there. So for those who can't uh, can't see us, you are really missing out. You need to check us out on YouTube to be able to get the full experience of these two. So please do that as well. Uh, Linda and Trevor, thank you so much for being on. You guys are out of, out of Roxbury, Connecticut currently, correct? Yes. Yep. Correct. Okay. Um, so let's give everybody a little perspective. Uh, Linda, Trevor, why don't we start with you, Linda? Let's talk a little bit about um, who you are, how you kind of came up, and how you ended up in you know, Rural Consulting with Trevor. So besides that, I'm a Leo and I love the beach. Not that, sure. right? Okay. Right. All right. All right. Just want to make sure uh, that I was on the right show. So anyway, <laughs> my name is Linda Ray and I'm originally from the historic village of Sleepy Hollow. Mm. And uh, I grew up in the insurance business. I've been in a, an insurance professional for over 30 years now. I started when I was three and uh, I have basically accomplished all different aspects of insurance, whether it was corporate or independent agency, uh, Ocean Marine, commercial lines, life and health, financial planning, series six and 63, so on and so forth. So I've, uh, I really, I rode the wave with that. I owned an agency for a short time. I sold my share of the agency back to my sister and Trevor, uh, he'll get into what he, he does, but we've been together for six years. We live together. We work together. He's my non-husband live-in lover. Oh. <laughs> so oh. Um, when, when he retired from his profession, we decided we wanted to start another business because who doesn't like to start over when you're in your mid-50s and your late 50s? Speak for yourself. Right. <laughs> but, I'm um, 36. You know, I, when, I, when I sold the agency, I was aspiring to be a consultant on the marketing side to help other insurance agents and brokers with their marketing. Yeah. I found a lot of success, especially in the advent of social media. And uh, I, I really saw some quantifiable results. And I also saw that the insurance industry always lagged a little bit behind with certain progressive uh, strategies and tactics when it came to marketing. So I was so I kind of launched into trying to help other insurance brokers. But I quickly found out that 
it's just it's more fun to do the marketing for your own business. Yeah, it's it's just more fun to have that creative control uh, and actually just even, you know, be a little bit more patient with the results that happen thereafter instead of being hired. And then, you know, five minutes later. So what's happening? Is it happening yet? Is it happening? <laughs> right. Yes. So, so social media has a it has a, a, an arc to it, which is not you put up a. a a tweet and then the phone rings 12 yeah. minutes later. Hey, I saw you. I read your tweet. I got to do business with you. And a lot so, of it, yeah, a lot right. of insurance professionals when you're being hired and you're writing that check, uh, when 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 you hire someone and writing that check, it's sort of like, OK, so when does it happen? When does it happen? The reason I hired you, when does that happen? And so there was a very short shelf life of patience. And I said, you know what, Trevor, you need to retire and we need to start our own thing so I can do the marketing for our own thing. And thus, so I retired at thirty-two. Yeah, got it, got it. So, so Aurora Consulting has, uh, right, exactly. So Aurora Consulting sort of morphed from a a marketing consultant agency to uh, a financing brokerage Hmm. within the span of a couple of years. We have a pretty fun story to share. I, I guess after I put everybody to sleep with my story, okay. we'll share the story. And by the way, anybody wants to borrow the cap to take a nap while I'm talking about me, you're welcome to borrow it. <laughs> okay. um, we'll share the story about how the Aurora Consulting converted from a marketing company to a finance company. Yes. Literally Overnight. outside the road here in Roxbury on the little country road we lived on yeah. as we walked home in the dark from a neighbor's house, which was freaking me out because I grew up in New York City, and we'll get to that. So, well, now you gave. I mean, I mean, now I feel like that's a yeah. You got to keep going. That you just told, so you might as well. You want to finish the story? Showbiz, Michael, yeah. Michael, <laughs> Michael. In showbiz, they always tell you ah. keep for more. Well, okay. there's not much else. There's not much else. I, you know, literally, I was doing insurance. I tried to get out of the insurance industry three times over the span <laughs> yeah. of 30 years yeah. and it was like they kept bringing Rolling me back, me back you know? yeah. yeah so uh so then finally in 2017 uh it, the decision was okay listen there's other things I, you know i've reinvented myself this would be the third time so you know you just and I think you understand when you transition, it's like you, you want to try something different because you know there's some other creative outlets besides, right. you know, 30 right. years of doing insurance. Right. Gone. Right. Exactly. So. Tre- Trevor, right. you're, you're up. Hey. Oh, hey. <laughs> Sorry, I dozed off a little bit. Oh, my God. Well, you said insurance. As soon as you said insurance, I fell asleep. Oh, yeah. But on the other hand, by the way, Michael, if you've ever gone out to a networking event with insurance, by the way, you know, in competitors, I was a mortgage banker for 30 years. I wouldn't be caught dead hanging out with my competitors. These yeah. insurance crazy people, they all hang out together. They, they, we like each and, other. And if you hang out with these people at a bar, oh, forget about it. <laughs> It is not boring. We'll say that. But otherwise, it's boring. Um, So my exciting story starts during my birthday party in 1989. Oh, gosh. I know where this is going. And um, I get the phone call from my corporate job. Hey, we're out of business. Uh, Good luck. There's nowhere for you to come back to tomorrow. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you also, you don't qualify for the severance package, even though you're, you know, third tier executive management. Uh, oh, 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 oh,
I'm sorry. What what you were in lending at the time? Mortgages? I was in retail. Retail. Oh, okay. I worked for a retail electronics firm in New York City area called Crazy Eddie, which was oh. notorious for their crazy commercials. And I I had started there as a kid. The, the, you know, four four seventy five an hour. Worked my way up to four seventy five an hour. Was four seventy five an hour. <laughs> okay, eighteen eighty two. But okay, and uh, so I worked my way up from customer service to manager to district manager, regional manager. I was riding high, and then the company is gone. So, so he wishes me happy birthday. He hangs up, and uh, two weeks later, I started my career in the mortgage business. Because A, I wanted to work on commission and never be beholden to a corporate paycheck ever again. And secondly, I wanted to buy a house. I wanted to learn what it took to become a homeowner. And um, the plan originally was, and I went back to school to study accounting and economics. The plan was, okay, I'm going to learn what it takes. I'm going to buy a house and help my mom and dad buy their first house. And then I'm out of the mortgage business and I'm going to become an accountant. Speak about falling asleep. Holy cow. Wow, that's on you. Problem was... (laughs) I discovered I really love the idea of wait a minute. So hold on a second. It says loan officer on my business card. So and I work for the bank. So I get to give people money to make their dreams come true. Wait a minute. And there you go. 30 years. That's some of- mindset stuff right there. That's like a mindset shift. Don't call me Trev. Call me Trevor. <laughs> That's a mindset stuff. I like that. Yeah. I like that. yeah. It is. And um so 30 years of doing that, and I've put hundreds and hundreds of families in homes with mortgage loans that other people, my colleagues, bosses, underwriters said, you can't do that. And we got them done. But I he was done. the bank, and many people misunderstood that thinking he was a broker. Yeah. And, of course, that would drive him crazy as the you know as a label. He's like, I'm not a broker. I'm the bank. I'm a I- loan officer for a bank. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And so that transition, when we converted Aurora Consulting into a finance business was pretty easy to do. I had to learn a different aspect. I had to learn the business financing aspect and mm-hmm. SBA loans and things. But- and I had been working with business owner clients uh, in the, I had built up the commercial lines department and really enjoyed working with business owners. If I had to write a homeowner's policy or an auto policy, it's one of the reasons I tried to get out of the business in 1999. I was like, I don't even want to talk about auto insurance and well, we met we met because of a homeowner's insurance policy while I was a mortgage banker. We met on Facebook. Well, yeah. let, let, let's talk about that before we get into even the how even Aurora's consultant uh, started because I think I don't know how you do this um, uh, podcast and, and keep going forward without, without understanding you two because this so much of this is you two. Your personalities are unbelievable uh, and it's oh. very rare you see the personalities uh, that you guys have for what you do. And I think that's why it's so attractive. It's just like, wow, this is this is amazing. But this is this is the story of you guys. So let's talk about that. How did you meet? How did this whole thing start? Well, we- Wait, you want the Trevor version or no. the Linda version? No, we're gonna sanitize it. We're gonna sanitize it. I'll just have <laughs> two versions. So say the, ver- say the version that doesn't get you put in the doghouse. That's all, that's- Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Once upon a time on <laughs> right. Facebook. Yeah. So on Facebook, so, um, so I don't know, it was Facebook 2011 and I liked a business page and this was 2011. Facebook is a lot different now. It's a little, it wasn't business. it's yeah, it's kind of annoying now, but, um, we always have to be grateful for Facebook cause we're together. So I ended up liking a business page that came into my 
feed yeah. purview somehow my feed and um the owner of the bank had con it's, the owner of my bank the owner of trevor's bank was like my gosh this these people liked our page go call them they're in your territory so by the way this is a guy who could barely spell the word social media yeah well anyway we'll just so, leave it at that the so word. he ends up calling me trevor calls me and he tells me that he's this you know this banker and he has homeowners and sometimes they need homeowners insurance and i was like great yeah but so, was trevor was trevor like trevor or was trevor like trevor. cool breeze trevor no, no, there was no cool breeze, Trevor. No, Trevor was like angry gnome Trevor. <laughs> he was going through. Step away from the microphone. <laughs> he was going through some challenges, so he was really wound tight. Don't call me a habit. You're smaller okay. than gnomes. There you go. Really, really wound tight, and that did not work in our favor because something went awry with the first homeowner policy that we were able to experiment on how this would work because it was uh 2011 so i think irene happened and oh, yeah, that's uh, right. yeah and, and and sandy hadn't even happened yet it's, it's literally a couple of weeks before superstorm sandy that yeah. we closed the deal it was a first time buyer in the bronx and a week two weeks after closing the insurance carrier that her agency placed the client with now mind you the client did not want to take my referral. He wanted to go to his Allstate guy. And I said to him, Allstate does not write homeowners insurance in New York at the time. This yeah. was 2011. Moratoriums and stuff. Yeah, so anyway. I, so I, so I, anyway, yeah, okay. the, so anyway, with the insurance, all kinds of new guidelines were coming up with, you know, it was literally 17 inches from the water. Um, and so they said they're not gonna write it and they issue a 30 day intent to cancel. And 30 days in the insurance world when you're an independent agency is is a very ample amount of time to pivot and get something else going mm -hmm. with other options we had. But uh, that was, we didn't have that time. Trevor's timeline hijacked without me knowing the expectation of he wanted that done overnight. And I didn't handle homeowner's insurance, so I deferred to our personal lines department and unbeknownst to me, it was not exactly at the top of the pile. So I got a phone call where I was chewed out. I didn't, I was completely speechless. I, I did not know about this timeline. So he Who basically- chewed you out? No, you, so yeah, angry gnome Trevor chewed me out and basically hung up the phone on me. And I was like, oh boy, Trevor. okay. Yeah. So, I'm not a hobbit, damn it! So, I'm a gnome. So anyway, short story longer. He uh, two and a half years go by. Uh, nothing from that happened, call. Like from the call, two and a half years. We don't by. unfriend each other on Facebook. By the way, we were friends on Facebook originally from 2011. Yeah, and we did not have any. We, we didn't don't have know any. How we, we didn't have any contact, but we didn't. Uh, we didn't unfriend each other. I think I wanted to keep my eye on this guy. Like, is like, what's what's this clown doing? Like, what is up oh, and with this guy? I was a clown. I was yeah. definitely a clown. So anyway, yeah. um, I was not gnome status. He didn't yet. have any presence on Facebook. There was, and he was, and he, and he was, he was forty pounds heavier. So he was a okay. bigger. He was a bigger dude. So um, anyway, one day I get a message on Facebook from him saying, "Hey, would you mind calling me at this number?" And I'm like. <gasps> Like, I think I had, like, I really was 
afraid to call this guy. And I said, I was curious, but I was, you know, I was like, oh, what does this clown want, right? But I was curious. So I call him and I'm like, hey, it's Linda Ray. Oh, I love your energy on Facebook. Oh, thanks for calling me back. I was like, transitioning into Gnome at that point. So oh. I said, what's up? So I said, what's going <laughs> on? Happening. He was like, yeah. He goes, I said, what's going on? He goes, I wanted to invite you to an event. I go, why? You hate me, remember? Different Trevor. That's a different, that's, that oh. was the old Trevor. This is the new Trevor. He I, says, I, I was going I, through some stuff. I was an angry guy. And now I'm a happy I, guy. Yeah. And you should come to this networking event. You know, actually, the bottom line is that, like, I'm just really a great closer as a salesperson. That's really all that is. It, <laughs> the heck with the different Trevor, the new Trevor, the gnome, the hobbit. I'm just, I'm a closer. Yeah, and all I, around closing I'm, all the time. I'm coming to this networking group that I was in. So I, so I ended up going, but I never joined the group. And we ended up hitting it off, ironically, with all that baggage and history behind us. And um, he started sending us more deals. We did not screw them up. We ended up writing like eight new policies in a month. Wait, amazing. Wait, I have to, I have to ask. Okay. So yeah. two questions here. Yeah. Uh, one, Trevor, did you invite her to the networking event? Cause you were like, I want to invite her to a networking event. Or you're like, oh no, I want to, no, I got to no. get somebody. I'm going to meet my quota. Yeah. No, no, no. It wasn't that it was, it was actually a lot worse than that. So oh. one of my closest friends is an attorney. Yeah. <laughs> is an attorney. Her name is Laura Brown. Uh, she's a real estate attorney in the Bronx. She's one of my dearest friends, her and her husband, Eddie. Um, Eddie is the executive director for City of Stanford EMS. Okay. And they're great people, and I love them dearly. And uh, But Laura's from the Bronx. And first, Laura calls me up back in 2014. She's like, Trevor, <laughs> I'm the chapter leader of a BNI networking group in Scarsdale. You're going to join. We need a mortgage guy. I'm like, wait, Scarsdale? 7 a.m.? Not, not my market. 7.30 a.m.? Oh, hell to the no. I live on Long Island. And I'll never get a referral from any of these people. Not my target market. Trevor, you're going to come to the thing. You're going to join. I will blankety blank kill you. <laughs> okay, Laura. I come. I join. I start drinking the Kool-Aid. In the short time I was there, I hand, it turned out, I've handed out more referrals across the table in my five months in the group than anyone had done in the previous two years. So I was, in, I was drinking referrals. the cool and I got no referrals. No referrals. But no. then I get another phone call. Trevor, I know you know people. We need another insurance person in the group. Find me another insurance person. Click. Shoot, who do I know? Oh, what about that Linda Ray? Ooh, that didn't go well. What the hell? Put on the sales hat. Do what you got to do, Trevor. Hey, remember me? And then, you know. And that, so that was okay, it. So, so I ended so, up. I was worse. So, okay. So you got <laughs> Trevor, who was like, oh, I had to figure this out. But I'm such a great closer that I could just, <laughs> um, I could do it. And then you got Linda, Linda who is like, ah, oh, I'm really great at business. I don't know who this guy is. I got to keep my eye on him. And you just happen to call him. And then you go from that. And this is the first time you ever met in person. Yes. Correct. So that must have been it. It must have been the sparks fly, eyes across the room, slow motion, and that when you saw each nope. other. Not quite. None of that at no. all. No. Although we did sit next to each other that first breakfast, 7.30 in the morning. And we had fun. And we were texting each other yeah. while sitting next to each other, while the other people were doing their speech. Good day. I'm Henry from ABC. I don't know what I do. And this is what we do. You know, while they're doing that, we're texting each wait, other. Under so the so wait, you, this is like, this is like 
little high, like a high school thing here. You 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 saw him. Well, I went to an all boys high school, so I wouldn't Listen. know about that. All right, right, okay. So watever, college, high school, whatever, middle school, whatever, and. So you had to have like kind of had little mini crushes on each other at the time, right? Where that I did not have a crush on him. No, not my type. Not my type. So you, I you mean, you get I, there, you're there with each other, you're texting each other, but you're like, not my type. While you're doing that, yeah, no. not my type. Mm -hmm. Okay, All so, big. Have, so tell me how All how does it how does it happen? <laughs> I'm wait. Are there any children watching this? I know. Is this, <laughs> no, is this, this, this adults only? No, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> India, there might be. There um, might be a kids in India. I don't know. Well, so I, I, I sent her eight more deals, and they did a fantastic job. Yeah. And, and she won my trust back. Yeah. And um, she did not actually join the business group. And Laura Brown didn't hold it against me, thank God, because no. I would not be here alive today if Laura there, Brown... There was, a, <laughs> there was a separate agenda anyway for the whole reason why I was coming in as an insurance person. They were trying to like, they were trying to squeeze somebody out. But anyway, bit. so I yeah. sent her eight deals, did a fantastic job. So it's coming, it was near the end. It was November, December of 2014. And um, I get a message from Linda, an email saying, hey, um, I'm going to wait for for the holiday over Christmas. I was going to Puerto Rico for Christmas. But yeah. when I come back, I'd like to take you out to lunch to say thank you. And um, yeah, so and he said, um, can we can we meet at four so I can have a whiskey? And I said, you're a grown ass adult. Why are you? Why do you need to? You can have a whiskey at lunch. <laughs> so wait a minute. Okay, wait. Hold I on. was transitioning. What can I tell you? He was. But I also was sort of like, you know, I don't want to, like, I don't want to go out at night with this guy. Like, let's just have Wait, lunch. So you asked him for a, a completely professional lunch date. Yes. Yeah. As a, like, yeah. as a, you know, relationship and then next building. Thing you know, we're making out at the bar. And I then, mean, yeah. So we did. So I did concede what? on the four, four yeah. p.m. Yeah. So we yeah, did. Yeah. Then we were making right. out at the bar. Okay. Really, I thought this was sh the show. Was I wanted about, to go right. For I the, thought this was disaster finance. I wanted to go right for the R restricted seventeen rating. I wanted to go right to the R rating. <laughs> it's gonna be one hell of a so, show, guys. I don't. Know. <laughs> we had, so we ended up meeting at four o'clock for happy hour. After all, I conceded on that, and we started. So we had some. We were having some cocktails. I didn't eat. I got a little lightheaded. We kissed at the bar. No, we made out at the bar. And anyway, whatever. And then and then he tried to ask me out on a real date, like an official date, like I'd like to take you out to dinner kind of date. And I said, I'm so sorry. I might have misled you by making out with you at the bar <laughs> while having drinks. And I said, I'm not really interested, but thank you. And he just persisted and persisted and kept asking. I don't take no for an answer. And... Um, yeah, and so he, uh, so then, you know, we, we went out a couple times and just kind of kept it clean. So Trevor, and, um, Trevor, Trevor was into you, and, and Linda, you were kind of a little more hesitant, and then over time, he just did it. What, what happened? He was just like, you were just like, all right, this guy, he just Well, what happened was, yeah. So what happened was we ended up going to a um, networking event at Laura Brown's house. You see how Laura Brown keeps coming back Laura, into the story. Brown, <laughs> Laura Brown, as a real estate attorney, she every January, at the end of January, she would have an annual uh, appreciation gathering for her post holiday. Yeah, party. for like strategic, instead of a Christmas party, she had a post yeah. Christmas Christmas party. Strategic alliances and clients and other you know respected professionals that are in her <clears throat> sphere of influence, right? So. So he had invited me to that, and I was. He said it would be really good for you to meet some of these people, and it's it was true. 
So and there, we, there was nothing between. I mean, this she was done. She yeah. was not having it. I was really she like, was not I'm going not out kidding. with me. I'm not, not interested. Kidding. We have a professional relationship. That's it. And you know, I said, well, don't forget, Laura Brown's party is on January 30th, so you got to come. It'll be great for your practice, for your business. I was like, you're 20 years older than my target market of who I'm trying to date. <laughs> Wait a minute. So anyway. Um, oh, boy. So we, we go to the party. And okay, so Michael, legit, I, I, I don't know what happened because I hadn't even had anything to drink yet, really. And I was like, oh, um, I really liked how he... He, you know, he was smooth. Like he was friends with everybody. He was funny. He was very entertaining. He was just like flitting about and talking to everybody. And I, I, I was like, you know, you should give this guy a chance. He seems like a really nice guy. And he, that was going on in your head. That was going on in my head. And I, I said, had also lost forty pounds by then. So um, I, yeah. So I said, you know, you should give this guy a chance. It's, I felt like I, it was like I was watching myself with how he was socializing and interacting with people, and I. And I really kind of, you know, dug it. So I thought I, you know, I could relate, you know, not saying that I'm like all that, but I'm just saying I could relate to him. So anyway, that was January 31st. I think it was a Friday in 2015. It was a Saturday. It was? I swear it was a Friday, but anyway. No, you're right. It was a Friday. It was a Friday. Well then anyway, short story, even longer. I think I said that before. Valentine's Day, two weeks later, was our first official date where I was not in denial about liking him, that I was not trying to fight it. I was not resisting it. And then- I made a 35 pound blue cheese and apple quiche. <laughs> That's just and we have more than a few friends who are restaurant owners who the, when I tell this part of the story, they all look at me like, who makes a quiche? You made a quiche? But anyway. It was it was Valentine's Day. We you were, made a quiche? We I'm were like, inseparable after that. After that, inseparable, yeah, inseparable. And then he moved in with me June of June 15th, same year. So like, what is that, four months later? What, what, months year, later? what year did you move in together? 2015. 2015. So, 2015. so that is how it happened. Well, that is how well, the magic... we left out a lot of lascivious details. We left out if a you lot thought, of stuff. If you thought the making out at the bar was lascivious, you would be very wrong. Yeah. Compared what? to the real lascivious. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, it was fun. And, you know, so there you go. And that's the story. So then the that leads to, because I think in, first of all, that story is almost identical to me and my wife's. It's really? really? Yeah. Oh, you tell. Exactly. Well, this is. <laughs> yeah, I have the same. I have the same. The same basic story. I mean, I. I mean, obviously, there's two sides to every story. So my wife could probably tell the different side of it, and we have different occupations. I was a phys ed teacher. She was a, a, a fifth grade teacher. I was a swim coach, and she was a gymnastics coach. And um, we were. I was teaching. I was. Uh, I was one of those teachers. I was part time, so I would go from school to school to school to school. Like I would do a class here and a class here. I was a traveling teacher. Um, and she was fifth grade teacher. So I never knew her before then. And, uh, I was in the gym and I was talking to the other gym teacher and I see this girl walk by me, uh, in the doorway. And I was like, I said, who is that? And the guy said, that's, that's Becky. That's the fifth grade teacher. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go see if she needs any help with anything that might happen. <laughs> 
she's out there and Becky is extremely strong. She is extremely extroverted. She is the center of the world and she's a people person. There's nobody who doesn't love Becky. She is everything that but I'm not at times. I'm very introverted. I'm, I'm not always a people person. She is that. And um, I just said she was carrying mats for the gymnastics girls who were going to do a, a demonstration. I said, do you need any help with anything? And she looked at me with this face that like, like, and I was, she would tell the story where like, I'm a meathead, you know, I'm a big, <laughs> you know, working out guy. But she looked at me with this face of like, no, absolutely yeah. not. Now she was in, she had uh, been engaged at the time. And um, I didn't know that. Ooh. I had no idea. I had no idea. So I, I go in, um, I go back in there and I said, well, I don't know who she is, but uh, she does not like me. And that's for sure. So I'm like, okay, whatever. This is at the end of the school year. The following school year, uh, I'm coaching seriously. And I was state coach of the year. I, had, I was very good. And um, oh, I, get a, I get a call that, and I said, um, I'm being told that I have to do after school um, for a teacher. I have to watch a class after school. I don't really know who this is, but I can't do that. I have practice. I need to go. And the, the principal of that school basically said, I don't really care what you have. You're going to be in. You're going to cover that class. And I told the athletic director, "I'm not covering that class." The athletic director basically said, "You're covering that class." So I'm not in a good mood. I'm already just on edge, and I don't know whose class this is. And I go up there, and it's her. And oh. I, I'm like, and she's looking at me, and I'm looking at her, and I just open the door, and I go in, and I just, I'm like, "Are you going to need me today?" And she looks at me, and she's just like, "I'm going to need you every day." Like, it's not like in a good way, not like in a good way, oh. like, every day and like, like that, like, and, uh, I was like, okay. And then we get like one of those looks and then she leaves and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, here, I'm going to spend this half hour in this classroom that I don't really, what am I doing? I'm supposed to be at practice, but I, I call, I keep calling my mom, like, after and saying like she would always ask me like how you doing I'm very close to my mom like I don't know who this teacher is but there's something about her I don't I don't know what it is she hates me and I don't think I like her but I think that if I ever got a chance to date her I like I'd marry this girl and she's like what are you talking about this is great like what are you talking about so I yeah I basically like time goes on I find out she's engaged you know I, we we don't have conversation you know hi hi and goodbye we're like nobody's talking to each other. And then uh, she breaks off her engagement like in December of that year. So this is like four months of just not communicating. I thought she was very pretty, uh, gorgeous, and I, but I, you know, where this is tension. And um, then I found out, you know, she broke off her engagement. So she was in school for like two weeks. And uh, my brother had also started gymnastics. I found out she was a University of Bridgeport, Bridgeport gymnastics class uh, coach at night. I didn't know. My practice was in this room and her practice was in this room at the college and we had no idea. Oh, like, wow. We were, we were at night, we were, you know, 25 feet apart every night. We had no idea. And um, wow. so I, I basically went to her one day when she got back in and I said, you know, uh, my brother is starting gymnastics in college and everything like that. I know you do University of Bridgeport in gymnastics and that's pretty cool. And she just smiled at me for the first time ever. And um, she just was kind of like, oh, that's really, really cool. And she said something nice, and then she left. And I was, like, full on, like, I'm in love. Uh, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Something's wrong with me. So I basically, like, 
tr- it took me four months to get the guts to ask her out. And it was like slowly but surely. And what was happening was I was spending more time. Like practice didn't matter anymore. Like I wasn't I was like late. I don't care. Whatever. I go late. And I would stay or clean up extra. I would like do whatever. And then one day in April, um, I said, hey, listen. If, and I wrote it down before on a card. I was like, you got to say it right. Just say it right. And I chickened out like two or three times before. And I just said, hey, if you wouldn't mind going out and getting a drink with me sometime. And she was like, okay, sure. Like, that's fine. We'll go out and get a drink. And I was so ecstatic. And she went to nationals, came back and we, I planned the date. I went, I checked out the places beforehand. I mean, I spent so much time going over everything, making it. Oh my God. You're so cute. This and in her mind, if she tells the story, it's like, all right, I told this guy, fine. We go for a drink. Not into me at all. (laughs) And, um, so I was so in the zone that I said to her, we'll go out for a drink, right? So my I, my caveman mind is like, drink, drink only. Don't deviate from the plan because if what if she doesn't want food? If you ask for food, don't ask for food. So like she hadn't eaten. So I go pick her up in the day. Like I, I pick her up for, for at night and she is starving. But I'm drinks, right? I'm drinks. So she said drinks. We yeah. said drinks. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So I go, I'm full stomach. And she, they, we go to this place called Malto, and um, we basically, she, they go to give us the menu to, to order, and I'm like, no, no, we uh, drinks, right? You said drinks, drinks. I don't want to get in trouble because she said drinks, and she's thinking, oh my God. all day, so she gets drunk, <laughs> like drunk, <laughs> smashes glasses. We get kicked out of there. Oh uh, my God! Thrown out. I'm like, I knew there was a reason I liked you. Oh, I knew there was a reason gosh. I liked you. I'm, at home. I'm like, I'm like, what is she? She's a party animal. And uh, what she is, she I was at the time. She was a party animal. Um, but she just got absolutely drunk and basically I brought her home safe and sound. And then, you know, we, we I never, I put it to you like this. We never left each other from that day. Oh, oh wow. that's nice. That's and, nice. and we were in the next night, hey, can I get you sushi? Can we bring over? And slowly but surely, it took like a couple of months. But by July, we were into the I love yous. And then by June of the following year, we got engaged. I She's a huge Billy Joel fan. And if you know Becky, she is a larger than life character. So I, I the Billy Joel cover band is called Big Shots. Um, I called him. I said, hey, it's her birthday. And it's a place called Marissa's that we live in in the town. Can you come out and you play? And during one of the songs, um, I'd like to come on stage and then, you know, I'd propose on stage. Propose. So yeah. they did. So we got her on stage and it was her birthday. And we had all of our friends and family there. And they played, didn't, we didn't start the fire. She knows every single word of we didn't start the fire. So J- Becky jumping on stage with the microphone is no problem. Yeah. So, yeah. She was done. And then I proposed there in front of the thing and we were married. And- <laughs> So nice. But that's that's a really great story. That's a wicked cool story. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. And you got to totally relate. Yeah, that's that's fun. I didn't want to get married. There was like no way. I nope. Yeah, I have all my papers. Yeah, I mean, I was divorced by the time I was thirty, so I was like, you know what? We'll just leave that alone. I'll get my will and my life insurance all in place, and we'll have health proxies and stuff. It's very romantic. No, I'll get a hat. You, you got a hat, exactly. So, so anyway, disaster, so that's- disaster relief loans. 
Um, so, so let's. So now we 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 know everything about and and uh, thank you so much for for guys for sharing your stories because I think you guys oh. are so entertaining and that you're oh, uh, <laughs> to speak to. Um, you guys start Aurora Consulting. You you have the marketing, you have the insurance, you have the loan origination, you have all of these years of experience, and now you're like, you know what? We were gonna be immediate. We're gonna be more marketing consultant, but now we get into the story of how did we get to the disaster relief stuff. We we had dinner. So we we moved here from New York in uh, the end of 2016. Mm -hmm. We bought this beautiful house here in Roxbury, and and um, our first friends here in town live kind of sort of across the road, up the hill a little bit, and um, invited <coughs> us over for dinner. And um, this was probably early 17 yeah or late 16 anyway so i oh know it was it was it was oh, spring. no it was it, it was, was late 2017 late 2017 it was right. a year after yeah, we there's, moved there's a milestone event that we're not going to talk about that is, yeah that well, not about us but about her and some business thing anyway so um we go to their house for dinner we have this marvelous dinner they're really sweet folks and he owns a manufacturing company um and he relates this story over dinner about needing a half a million dollars to buy another company that company had valuable government contracts and he wanted access to those contracts so they were buying this company and he does what every self-respecting uh, business owner does he goes to his bank what 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 i like to call the usual suspects mm -hmm. and he goes to his bank because they have his personal accounts they have his business payroll account. they have his operating account they got they got it all mm -hmm. and he figures and you know he's going to go in so three months and thousands of dollars in fees later um you know he's got to send in paperwork he's got to pay the cpa to prepare the paperwork and There's he's got to pay an appraiser, appraiser and yeah. so he says yeah he says now now mind you before i tell you the end of the story our friend and I'm, I'm a kid from the streets of New York City and Linda, the gal from Westchester County from Sleepy Hollow, Linda likes to think that's New York City. I keep telling her that was the country for where I yeah, came from. Right. Anyway, this guy really is, a, Roxbury is a town with no traffic lights, you know, so he, he's right. a real Connecticut Yankee too, you know, salt and pepper hair and he's got that dry wit and a flannel shirt and he sits there across the dinner table from us and he says, yeah, so I get the call from the banker and he's, the banker's so happy. Hey, congratulations, you're approved. Great, yeah, fifty thousand dollars. And our friend says, "No, I think you left off a zero yeah. with that Connecticut Yankee." But what did our friend do? He did what every self-respecting business owner does. They don't take no for an answer. They're going to go and find a source. So he found an attorney who did the money as a what we call in the business hard money, so yeah. substantially higher interest rate. But he accomplished his goal. He bought the other company because that's what business owners do. So we walked home that night on our dark country lane, me the whole time, like looking oh for, for coyotes and you Foxes know whatever. and bears, oh my. What is that noise? You know, and, and I turned to Linda, I said, I think we just figured out what we're gonna do with Aurora Consulting. And, and mm -hmm. that's how we transitioned it. So then we started going and like researching to develop a, a healthy matrix of lenders for different types of businesses. And, um, and we started networking like crazy. Networking people. like crazy every week, uh, just doing that. And uh, we got our first deal with the restaurant owner where we would frequent this particular restaurant. 
And he was like, I need a hundred thousand dollars just to like, it was a relatively new restaurant. So he wanted to have, <laughs> he, wanted, like, yeah, he wanted a cash cushion. Yeah. He wanted a little emergency buffer kind of situation. So we, um, we did have someone, we, we had a lender that we had to fight for and go, you know, we were like in New York and Jersey before we got to the, the, the lender in Connecticut that we were doing business with by that time. And, um, and just, it just kept, it just, you know, we just kept researching on different lenders and different types of businesses and how business broke, how the business broker, loan brokering, financing brokering, how it worked. Right. Well, my takeaway from my career was, um, you know, you're as a mortgage bank, we sell our loans to secondary markets. So your relationships are key. So for us, when we launched the business, it was about having those lender relationships. Yeah. So one of the banks I identified as a very large regional bank um, up here in the in the northeast and into the Midwest, upper Midwest. And um, we we had lunch with one of their bankers. We, we would like start, set out to create a relationship. So we had lunch which um, he made us drive all the way back to Westchester. He made us pay for the lunch. He ordered the most expensive thing on the menu. Okay. And anyway. the whole time, I'm run I have five deals on my table, on and my desk. he's not a And I'm, I'm like, so listen, um, I have this situation. It's a restaurant and it just opened and the tax returns aren't filed. I got this situation that he's looked for $150,000, $100,000. Well, you know, he said, you know, we'll, we'll put it in the system. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm like, wait. That's that, not that that I was a loan officer for 30 years. I, I, I never said to anybody in my life. Let's put it in the system. even my very first deal I got in November 1989. I didn't say to the guy, I just started in the business. I don't know what I'm doing. I'll see what happens. I said the first two things, by the way, that's how I got my first deal. I said to the guy, I'm new in the business. I don't know what I'm doing, but I have a great boss and we'll take it to him. And my boss will figure it out. We'll make this happen for you. That's how a loan officer who makes deals happen mm -hmm. talks. So we walked out of there and we kept searching because I knew this bank's culture was a culture that would, that was an aggressive commercial business friendly culture, which you don't find typically with traditional banks and as, as happened with our friend with a different bank. So we finally got introduced somebody mm -hmm. here in Connecticut. She's a firebrand mm -hmm. and she, she made this she deal does happen. Deals. Wow. Yeah. You know, so, so, so what that's happened, how we started. So then 18 months goes by. We have about three and a half 15 million, months. 15 months. Yeah. Because we launched in December of 2018 like and um, and March of 2020. Right. So 15, 15 months. months, we had about three and a half million dollars worth of loans in the pipeline and COVID hit and flush evaporated. Ah! Say goodbye to your commission check. Yeah. Say goodbye to your financing business. It's all over. And then COVID. so all the lenders went hands on deck <laughs> to get the PPP going and the EIDL. Well, the lenders, the, stopped, the lenders stopped lending. They, started, they stopped lending on traditional right. because they were all pivoted to the PPP. Right. And um, so we. Well, we had a client in San Diego that we were helping to yeah. um, do financing to open a second restaurant. And um, so March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, we watched our pipeline evaporate. Mm -hmm. The lenders stopped lending. And um, we, um, we decided on March 18th, our pivot would be, will become a trusted resource for people. I, mean, were, I, yeah. I had done that in my career, she had done it in hers. We knew that when you're a trusted expert, that you give away free expertise. Well, we didn't know anything about we didn't know anything about um, disaster loans and EIDL yeah. and PPP. We didn't know anything about that. So we were just focusing on 
giving updates, daily updates on what we knew, what information we were getting as and, it was and unfolding. with our experience as professionals in finance, like if you as a business owner are going to do this, this is what you should expect. And this is the way to do it the right way. And this is the way to do it the wrong way. But and, so this client in San Diego called us up and yeah. he begged us to yeah. do the EIDL, the SBA Economic Injury Disaster Loan. And so I- And the PPP. Okay. <laughs> Both of them. It's not always so happy hunky door. I'm just saying. <laughs> but it's true. I'm gonna put the hat on your head. In a he second. wanted all the money. He wanted whatever he could get. EIDL, and he, I download all the documents. I read all the documents, and I turn to Linda. I go, "This is a nightmare. This he's never gonna get this money, but we'll do it." So we put the loan in. But one client, that guy, quickly led to a second client a few days later. He owns two restaurants here in Connecticut, and and he had tried on his own and was having a hell time and his, he has fine dining. So here in Connecticut, he was closed. He was just trying to like winter, you know, prepare his, his restaurant right. to not get vandalized and all right. that. And um, so that was two and then two became five mm -hmm. and then five became 40. Right. And then by the end of May and June, we obtained mm -hmm. financing for 40 businesses with the economic injury disaster loan. Everybody got approved, contrary to what I thought was gonna happen. I didn't <coughs> think that would be approved. And I didn't think these businesses would last three months, but we got everybody approved. Not by any other reason other than how the how the pace of the funding and how the the, the protocol procedure, all of that, how that was happening with the SBA and the the craziness that was happening when caps started being, you know, imposed. We, we, we brought to it our sensibility as as people who, you know, Linda, as an insurance broker, argues in her career insurance with underwriters. I, as a mortgage banker, argued with underwriters. You can't argue with anybody at the SBA. Right. But there is a process. Mm -hmm. And if you have respect and patience and persistence with the process, you can be successful. And so a lot of what we were doing in those early weeks was really hand-holding our clients who were, you know, on, on, on the edge of disaster. So, and we kept saying, the money's coming. It's going to work. We're working it. You know, we, whatever the SBA asked for, we're putting it in there. We're getting it. And mm -hmm. we got results. Yeah. Um, and then I got COVID. Well, no, it didn't. Not really like that. But what happened was, so two months, so March 18th. It felt like that's how To it about happened. May 25th, we were, all we were doing was sending out emails to our list on things we were seeing that would be required, things that SBA were yeah. talking about, and little nuances of the process that we were getting exposed to because right. we were working the process. Yeah, right. And so we were sending out every day, we were sending out updates to whoever was on our list. And then we started doing videos at the end of May because we right. felt very confident with all the intel that we had and all you know the recon that we were doing. We started doing videos twice, three times a week. We would do three videos a week to share our experience and tell the stories of yeah. that things that people could do to yeah. help themselves. Yeah, right. Yeah. Not thinking this was ever going to Linda, develop. Linda is the marketing goddess in the household. So essentially, our, our teamwork on marketing is I write the content and yeah. or, you know come up with the content ideas and send mm -hmm. a basic script, which Linda never reads. And you, the outtakes in our YouTube videos, by the way, are legendary. Yeah. Of, uh, and, and we'll just leave it at that. It's AuroraConsulting.com? Well, that's yeah, AuroraConsulting.biz. Aurora .biz. And our YouTube, our YouTube is uh, slash Linda Ray and Trevor. L Linda Ray, R-E-Y, and A-N-D, Trevor. Yeah. You that's ever, our, our 
listening, watching, however, you, you need to go check that out because, you know, a lot of times the information that's given on these topics are really hard to follow and it's not easy and not entertaining. And I think a lot of people give up at that step just because it's like, I forget it, never mind. And I think that yeah. Trevor do a phenomenal job presenting themselves, presenting the topics and doing it in a way that um, people can understand and respect. Yeah, they're, they're like, the videos started out where they were two and a half to three minutes, then it became about four minutes. So sometimes it's between three and a half and five and minutes what, now. What but costume those, Trevor's wearing or something like that. Right, right, right. And it's really short and I edit it so that you can, so it can be lighthearted. A lot of sound effects. Right. right. You know, and outtakes. That's all her. She does. Bloopers, she's all that stuff. Great. And it, we wanted to keep Thank the you. content like in a snackable version because yeah. I knew this from first. My 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 entire career, mortgage banking was first time buyers with very low down payments. Right. And people who said to me, "You cannot put me in a house, Trevor." And and I always approached every client I ever sat with, with tremendous respect with for them as an equal because I knew that. I had been in their position back before I was in the mortgage business and, and the people I turned to as trusted resources treated me like they were up here and I was down here. Right. And all I wanted to do was learn how to become a homeowner. So I always treated my clients with that respect and I always fed my clients information mm -hmm. in a careful step-by-step -step manner because I felt my responsibility also was to edu educate clients. Mm -hmm. This is the reason why we're doing this. And when you make an offer on a house, that's why you do this. And this is why we're asking right. for that document. And so we've brought that forward into our YouTube videos because these EIDL loans are so complicated if you are, if you are the uninitiated in terms of working with applications the way we do every day. So that's why we've broken our videos down to these versions. And we have folks that tell us like, Oh, mm -hmm. you know, I watched a video with some guy yelling at the camera for 30 minutes and I, I feel like that's 30 minutes of my life. I'll never get back. I didn't learn anything. Mm -hmm. right? And I watched a two minute with you, video with you guys and I'm good, you know. Well, t talk to, um, let, let's get into that, unpack it a little bit. Um, specifically disaster loan. What, what's some of the biggest, you know, and this is mainly for business owners, right? That's what this, what this is for. Um, what's some of the biggest misconceptions about the disaster relief loan or biggest things that have changed from the original to maybe what's happening and the change? Because this is, it was like a, a tsunami wave coming in and nobody knew what any of this stuff was, and it, but you had to get it and you didn't know what it was. It was like they, you got a hand sanitizer, face mask and disaster relief loan and you don't know where they are or how to get them, but go get them. Yep. So, but nobody yeah. knew how. So, what's some of the biggest misconceptions, and then going forward, what's changing? You can do all of them. No, no, no. I only know there's. Well, you, you're, you're the processor expert, but I will tell you one of the first misconceptions that I saw was that people were self, they were disqualifying themselves yeah. from getting a loan. Uh, getting, you know, whichever type of disaster loan, they were disqualifying themselves without really understanding the nuances of what was possible for them. Uh, for yeah. example, we have a client right now who was following me on Twitter and he uh, made a comment and then we went into the, you know, the messaging and he said, I can't, I, I, I said, well, what happened with you? How'd you do with your PPP? He goes, I didn't file because I'm a sole prop. I go, wait, what? And it was gone by then, by the time he found yeah, me. This was last year. This was last year, so they had taken it off the table. And I said, you absolutely can get PPP as a sole prop. And that was just the first time 
Thus, after December 27th, even more so, we were talking, we would, people were contacting us. The more information we gave away, the more our phone was ringing, essentially. And we would hear the, the stories of despair and hopelessness because they were disqualifying themselves, but at least taking a step towards finding out a little bit more information. And many people, um, again, going back to our friend and neighbor across the road, many people did apply but became so frustrated with the process, mm-hmm. uh, not only in the timeline, because they had an expectation on how quickly it should go, and if the timeline went longer, they were frustrated with that. Um, they were already anxious about trying to keep their business alive. Um, so this this is like a toxic mix, right? And then, and then if in the SBA process there's documents and, and, you know, as I saw in my career in the mortgage business, and you know, Michael, you know this from your real estate career. You, you've probably seen mortgage professionals in action with me. Financial people don't always explain things. They just go, all right, listen, I need your tax return, and uh, I need you to write me a letter that why somebody looked at your credit back, then, and uh, call me back in an hour. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I, it's, it's about explaining. So they had this frustration with, and anxiety with the process. And more than a few of our clients that we're working with right now have said, yeah, I tried it and then I just gave up. Yeah. I just, I couldn't do it. In fact, client number two, um, the fellow who owns uh, two restaurants, he owns uh, uh, Centrico Taqueria in Bethel and uh, Lucas Local in Newtown. And he's a great guy. His name is Vince Capital. Well, the only reason we we're saying his name is because... We adore him and well, the food's amazing. And also, you know, we don't usually talk about our clients. So let me just say that... Well, Hello. he has also appeared with us on yes. a live stream. So he's on our YouTube channel. Yes. So yes, you know, yes, yes, if you go yes. to YouTube, you'll say, oh, that must be the guy that Trevor was talking about. But we do so have some clients who he, are like, I can't even give you a review because I don't want my name out there. So, so his, his, he was client number two who uh, rang me up and said, listen, I, I, I know you from my restaurant and I, I, you guys do something with finance and I tried doing this myself and, and mm-hmm. I can't. And can you take it over? And that's, and, and actually his, his, he applied for two EIDL loans and one was denied and we got the decision overturned and we got it turned around because we have patience yeah. and persistence with the process. Well, and so we got it overturned. He got the money in. There, the other, the the other thing, the other misconception, which I don't even know if it's a misconception more, more than uh, the frustration and, and lack of patience is the, and I, we've heard this a lot. Plus with comments on our, some of our, some of our videos, we have a few videos that have done better than others. Of course, I think that happens with everybody, but a lot of them would say I submitted stuff already or twice before or three times, or three times, you know, and, and they, and that leads to doubt, worry, concern, fear, frustration, you know, anxiety, right. because they think it's something's not happening or that it's, it means that they're going to get declined because they're not doing anything and they're delaying. You I know, mean, let, let's face it. There is all, as a, as a person who was a direct lender for three decades and now a financing broker, I'm going to say this. There, our culture has imbued uh, on consumers and business owners this sense of shame. Yes. And this sense of lacking self worth mm-hmm. when asking to borrow money. Mm-hmm. Whether it's opening a new credit card or, or asking to borrow money to buy a car or buy a house or a business loan, there tends to be a sense of. And, and so what happens is people compensate, overcompensate by 
Here's, here's everything you need to the bank. Yeah, what questions do you have? I'll give you everything. And not realizing that actually they may be torpedoing their own process. Right. And also understanding that they actually have a lot more power mm -hmm. than they think they have. Yes. Because they're the customer. They don't see if they if they walk into your restaurant and they don't like the hamburger as a customer, they're either never going to come back to your restaurant or they're going to tell you, I didn't like your hamburger or they're going to write a Yelp review. But in the financing business, that's not how it works. People think the, the the finance people are like oh, and and we're not, we're yeah. not. I mean, just look at me with this stupid hat on my head. I mean, <laughs> look, I'm a gnome. You know, I mean, we're just normal folks like you, and nobody should approach the lending or borrowing process. So, so then you add this to COVID, and and your business is failing, yeah. and it's just so, yeah. yeah. Well, and also let me just say this to pre-COVID. We had two video series that we were doing every week. We had started um, September of 2019, and we had If Then Thursday and Finance Friday. And it was very general, basically more anecdotal stories about clients and, and some of the mishaps and missteps of trying to get financing and how to, we were teaching people how to be better prepared for you to go to your bank and get financing. Now, sometimes we were throwing the bank under the bus because they- Frequently and often. Frequently and often <laughs> because they, you know, for the most part, you'll have, you know, you'll have a banker who really is, you know, they'll connect with you on an entrepreneurial level, but most of the time, the banks really are looking, are trained to say no or figure out a way to not make the deal because they don't want they don't want to be at risk for all the money right. they're going to be loaning you. Right. They want the deposits. They want well, the there's, savings. There's and also the, regulatory concerns where their hands are tied by certain regulatory concerns. You know? Got it. So we wanted to share for for so for six months, twice a week, we were doing videos to share that general business financing information. And Michael, it was like total crickets. Yeah crickets okay and then it wasn't until we started doing advancing with financing and focusing on the disaster financing and the step-by-step how-to type videos on how to get money out of the sba that we went from you know pimping getting subscribers so we can get a custom url to every day now we have you know we've got dozens of people downloading stuff from our webs uh, from our website new subscribers on YouTube without even having to ask for it. We're not like, we don't have thousands of subs, but- and we're continuing that tradition of being yeah. an expert. Uh, again, it, it, for my part in my career as a mortgage banker, I, I started doing business on the internet in the year 2000. I was a lending tree loan officer back then. Mm -hmm. And I quickly discovered the value if you're in a chat room of people asking questions what I watched all the other mortgage professionals do was go, oh, 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 I can help you with that. Here's my phone number. Call me and I'll, I'll get you that loan. And I just thought, they didn't come here looking for you, pal. Yeah. They have a question. So I would yeah. answer the question. So we, again, continue that tradition. So if you go to our website, auroraconsulting.biz, we're giving away all kinds of downloadable, like we've got templates that we use in our process in dealing with but, the SBA. But yes, and that's all that's all the marketing stuff. But I will just say, to, I'll say this to you as far as, because this, this started with misconceptions. If, okay, so COVID has presented a lot of challenges, but some opportunities. It's the challenges are, you know, the, the fundamentally the, the infrastructure of SBA is broken, okay? It's just broken. 
But even if it wasn't and overwhelmed and overwhelmed, but even if it wasn't broken and overwhelmed, there are some severe um, disorganization going on with business owners. And until you are looking for financing, do you are you faced with the fact that there are certain things you could do better in your business? Yeah. Okay. so I just want to state that for the record that why, you know, it, it, it's it's kind of saddens us a little bit that there are business owners who deserve it because they are good people. They have a great service or a product. They're working very, very hard. But in the end, when it comes to financing, the rules, regs and guidelines are going to work against us when it comes to getting the money. So we were just trying to give if if the client if is the, disorganized, if they're disorganized and have been to be by clear, the, seat of their the, pants. the rules don't work against us here at Aurora Consulting. No, we, no, no. We've I, had. Whew, Okay. No, I didn't mean I'm it that way. I'm having a flash now. Holy no, no, no. Hey, my gosh. No, I mean, we're, we're, we're in business because- I'm coming, Wheezy. Okay. Oh, God. We're in business because people were like, I don't really want to do this on my own. What do I need to do? And what do I need to fix? Or what, what can you do to help me get over this that I couldn't do by the myself? The thing about our results that we've seen, mm -hmm. we've had a couple of people say, so, so who do you know at the SBA that you can call? Is that we, we don't know anybody. We have no, there's no magic bullet. There's like no magic to it at all. It's no. boring. Patience, persistence, and perseverance. And process. It's, it's and all process. it is. And paperwork. And Linda loves alliteration. So if you want to throw another P in there, Michael, you're welcome to throw another P in there. <laughs> um, but but that, that's really, and, and our, you know, back in, in May and June, April, May and June, as I told you on, on March 18th, when, when our first client asked us and then the second there, I said to her, I go, these loans are never going to get approved yeah because right. i was reading the sba paperwork i was like oh my this is before they had the electronic online application and even then i thought oh my god this is never going to work out i mean we had already closed a couple of sba deals and can it was i just tough. i want to tell a little story on i want to tell a quick little story because i know with michael with you time stands still literally the clock has not moved in behind it's literally you. like <laughs> no your clock your clock is literally your not clock at all <laughs> no no. I love that. It gives your guests a sense of, we got all the time in the world. Listen, don't just... worry about all that. That, that window <laughs> might change colors, but that's not going to move. Yeah. All, all those loans last spring were approved. And since then, we've had many decisions approved, whether they were declined and then we were able to get it, what's called reconsidered. And we look at each other, we're like, yeah. This no, this nothing. It's let me, completely boring. Let me interrupt you after you've interrupted me because I have menopause and I will forget I what I was going to say. bail you out from that okay. statement of, you know, things are not happening. Like, what? No, things are <laughs> happening. But so so we had I had a, a very lengthy exchange with someone on the YouTube, uh, one of our videos, I don't remember. And and they said, you know, I, I applied. I got approved. But then they were asking me for stuff, more stuff, stuff I've already given them. But I don't understand. And he, they're trying to, and I don't know who this person is because their their name has like, doesn't make sense. But, um, and I basically oh, their had screen name, their screen name. The yeah, the screen name was because people say that about anonymous. My name. People say Tucker, Terrence, Trent. No, 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 no. Clever, treasure, the YouTube Kevin, username. And my all-time favorite, Mr. Trevo. Okay. Anyway, so so I said. I said, listen, there are certain things of your of your case that I, we can't really diagnose this on a YouTube comment. So right. you can schedule an appointment if you like. But it sounds as though you're worrying about something that 
is not is no longer a need for you to worry about. If your loan was approved and it's documented with the SBA that they are in control of approving your loan, you didn't make them approve it. Right. So sure enough, I woke up this morning and they left a comment. Just wanted to let you know that I finally did get funded, like which I knew that he was they were going to, but he hadn't gotten it yet. He was he was in the maelstrom of of wackadoodle process anxiety that SBA has imposed on you know no sense of. You know, we've been saying for probably three months now where we're just trying to make sense of the nonsense of the disaster of disaster financing, because that's there. There you go. That's our little tagline. By the way, just as a little (laughs) bonus to anybody listening to the podcast or watching, if you are doing this yourself, keep in mind one thing that you can use as a very valuable resource. Use the SBA agents, because in our experience, and I speak to SBA agents, uh, eight, ten, 15 times a week to follow up on client files. In 11 months, I'm not kidding, I can count on one hand with two fingers the number of times I had an agent who was not not useful. Helpful. Not or helpful useful. or clueless. But He's holding every, up two fingers. I'm holding up two fingers for a podcast, folks. Every other agent, if you... Mm-hmm. So, so they really are eager and enthusiastic to help you, and they really will give mm-hmm. you clear guidance if you ask the questions. Yes, they'll say yes, do this, and yeah. yes, you, I see in the system you submitted yeah. this document. You, you know, yeah. you just have to wait. And sometimes they say you have to wait, and people don't want to take that, and then people start asking more questions, which right. I knew when I was alone. That was the same thing. But we did um, when we first started our advancing with financing. We we actually did at least three videos just on how to call the SBA, how to yeah. check the status of your how EIDL. How to speak to an SBA agent. How to, you know, the common mistakes when you call the SBA so that people can at least remain calm and get yeah. as factual information as possible. And, and get so. valuable information, which will help them understand the process and move to the next step yeah. um, we, on um, own. We're gonna be wrapping up uh, very shortly here, um, but it was well worth the extra time with you guys. A couple quick yes. questions, fire round questions. Um, I, and in full disclosure, I, I am a client. I'm a huge fan and I'm a client and I'm in the process myself currently going through all the different possible uh, funds, grants, loans I could possibly get my hands on. And it's been so far a phenomenal experience and I'm excited to thank, thank you. Um, so I can say that's just not BS firsthand that working with these guys is top notch. Um, Michael. Disaster relief loan. Uh, I know it's hard to say, totally hard to say, but um, the common questions that I would get with people who are asking these questions to me, someone who's a novice, you know, it's not my thing. Um, okay, I filled in all my paperwork. How, how long is that process? Like from, from when, okay, I have done what you've asked me to do and I am an organized business owner to when I do get approved. Is there any set time or not in control of that? It's a lot like that clock on the wall behind you. <laughs> um, the it really it it first of all it can feel like that no matter what yeah. and, and and that that that's part of that thing I talked about before with, with approaching a bank to borrow money. I mean, when I was in the mortgage business, same thing. The, I'd call you to say, "Hey, just want to let you know the appraisal came in last night. It's fine, and we're going to move the file to underwriting." Great. When am I closing? Okay, slow down. There's a yeah. process. So, in terms of timelines, Michael, th- literally the results at the SBA are all over the map. Uh-huh. Um, you know, if you are applying for the first time today and you go to the sba.gov website and you fill out the EIDL application, which we always caution people, be very careful. 
Don't leave blanks. If there's a numerical value, put a zero instead of a blank mm -hmm. and, you know, double check your work, etc. But if you apply online today, you could be approved tomorrow mm -hmm. or seven weeks from now. Yeah. You could be approved next week with no additional documents requested because it's an electronic it's essentially an eligibility questionnaire where Correct. you are saying this is the information about my business yeah. you submit it and then you get an email saying you're eligible and then an email saying you're approved and sometimes they come back and ask for documents and sometimes they don't and again the the timelines are all over the map and also i'd like to add this uh because the, you know while the control doesn't seem like there is any with the sba one of the things that we have tried to explain in some capacity is, you know, to, to be, to know how to log into your portal and your account so you can check status, because sometimes the SBA doesn't reach out to you to let you know that they, they need something. So you could be waiting around for a couple of weeks, not realizing they're waiting for you, but you didn't know because you didn't check the portal. And or so, they sent you an email and it's been sitting in your, and spam, your spam folder, folder. For the last six weeks. So you so so business owners have more control than they think. It's just that they have to be on top of it and they can't be it can't be like I'll just wait till I hear from somebody because maybe you did. I find, and, always find it standing when I'm answering questions on the internet when folks say, Hey, you know, I submitted the documents three weeks ago and I haven't heard anything. What should I do? And my answer is always call. Call them. And yes. speak to an SBA agent yeah. and exactly. give them your EIDL number and they will tell you what the status is. Many times the status is like the clock back there. It's just like it's in process it's and that's all you're going to get. Right. So. Got it. Yeah. But you guys, um, listen, I mean, this is, um, for, for, for these times that we're living in, um, what you guys are doing, what you guys are helping people with is some of the best work that you could possibly be doing because there's, a, I'm a business owner of multiple different types of businesses and some have done well, some have been hit really hard. Um, and mm -hmm. there's a lot of people out there who need your services and a lot of people out there who just don't understand and don't know and they're going to hear this they're going to watch this they're going to contact you guys and you're going to be helping a lot of people so we're all doing good here around the clock is there anything that yeah, it's, it's our pleasure to help people yeah. we have knowledge and expertise to share and why not try to help people get through this with that well and with that to the question that you tried to ask even though you interrupted him <laughs> but um we do have a link on our website to schedule a 15-minute free consultation uh, most of the time, we, we'd like you to hire us, sure, but there are many times, many, many, many times where we will just tell you how to proceed and we will not impose on you any kind of hard sell, you know, hard sale that yeah. maybe it's just you have to fill out the 2202 and you don't know how to do that and we'll just share with you and console and commiserate. So, yeah. you know, it really is, it really is a free consultation. Yeah, Please we'll really highly. Yes, I, I, I encourage, get on that consultation. Um, there's not a lot of times in your business career and your life that you're going to be needing these size things with this complexity. And there's also not a lot of times where you're going to have somebody other on the phone like Linda and Trevor. So do it. Pick up the phone, do the consultation. Your family will thank you. Your employees will thank you. Your business will thank you. And uh, it'll be the best thing that you guys can do one way or the other. Linda and Trevor, is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to add or bring up? No. We did not talk about Led Zeppelin, and I'm a little annoyed about that. I know. I mean, listen, I love telling the story, but I could keep talking about disaster financing. I know we spent about a half an hour on the Led Trevor story. We'll do a whole other one with you guys, and we'll just – I could talk about Led Zeppelin for about three hours. No problem. <laughs> listen, we'll, we'll definitely have you guys back on. 
Thank well, you that, so much for the invitation. Mike. It was really nice to see you and talk with you. Thank you so much, and thank you to all the listeners for hanging in there with us. Thanks for putting up with our goofball zany. No, record. it's been an honor and a privilege, and everyone, please reach out to Linda and Trevor. And Linda and Trevor, thank you so much for being on Leaders of Lifestyle podcast with me. Thank you, uh, Mike. This is Mike Ferraro. This is Linda. Trevor, please, Aurora Consulting, go to the website, click on the links below, on YouTube. Dot biz. And dot biz. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, take care. Oh, 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 oh